0: The Executive Director of Sisters in Crime, and I am delighted to welcome Sean Riley Simmons to the podcast today. Sean Riley Simmons is the author of seven novels in the Red Carpet Catering Mystery Series, featuring Penelope Sutherland, chef owner of a movie set catering company. She's also written several short stories, which have been published in various anthologies, including The Last Word and Bay of Reckoning, both Agatha Award winners for Best Short Story. Sean is also an Anthony Award-winning editor. She serves on the board of Malice Domestic and is a member of Sisters in Crime, Mystery Writers of America, CWA, and ITW. She'll remind me what CWA is um, once we start this conversation. Sean, thank you so much for being on the podcast and for coming on to talk about writing. Thank you so much for having me. I'm just thrilled to be here. I've I've seen, I've heard
1: the podcast. I've seen the the announcements go out about it. I'm always anticipating who the next guest is. So I'm
0: just honored that I was uh, asked to come. Well, you wear so many hats in the community and I want to talk about all those hats. But let's uh, start as I always start. Um, let's talk about your writing journey and specifically when you said to yourself, I want to write a novel. Um,
1: I wanted to write a novel since I was about eight years old. I decided I was going to be a writer way back then. Um, I didn't actually get down, wow. sit down to writing the novel until I had uh, my son, um, who's now going to be 12. So right. Uh, cause at that point I had, um, just, I was working at, a, at the local newspaper, and I decided to not do that anymore. I was going to stay home with him. I thought, oh, I'll have all this time to write a novel. Because <laughs> I will. just all I have to do is take care of an infant. It's no big deal. Um, so I ended up writing. Luckily, it worked out. I, it was more work than I anticipated taking care of an infant. But I ended up being able to write the, the first few novels while he was really little. And um, I used that time to do that. And that was when I actually did the physical sitting down of writing a novel. But I've always wanted to be a writer since I can basically remember.
0: And was it always crime fiction? You think so? That you wanted to Yeah, write? I think so, because um, I, that was what I
1: was reading I mean, I started off with Nancy Drew, and then I was reading a lot of Agatha Christie. My mom was a huge fan of all the Golden um, Age uh, authors. So our house was just stacked with, like, mm-hmm. ratty old paperbacks in every corner. We had bookshelves all the, over the place. And I would just, you know, back in the... 70s and 80s when you were bored, my mom would hand me a book to read, so I would. <laughs> there was nothing else to do, so I read a lot of. That was what I read, and I really liked it. But I was an English major, so I was studying, you know, the classics and, um, you know, Shakespeare and things like that. And I thought, well, I can't write this. Like maybe I can. I can write crime fiction because that seemed more um attainable to me, like something that was more on my level of my speed. Yeah. Of course, nobody is. No one else is else's Shakespeare. <laughs> you can't aspire to that. But when you're a young <laughs> person forming your own way you're like what am I supposed to be what am I you know what am I going to be doing you know do I want to write women's fiction that wasn't really my thing um crime was always my thing and my I'm in a book club I've been in for a long time a long term it's a small book club it's only four of us but um they always laugh at me because they'll want us to read a book and I'm like well where's the dead person in these (laughs) in the story I'll read like a normal book and I'm like what normal as if we're not normal you know what I mean? So I'm like, um, and it was like, make fun of me. Cause I'm always looking for the angle, like, where's the murderer? Who's killed this person? You know? So i I'm just yeah. sort of, where this. it's in my DNA.
0: Yeah, for sure. Crime fiction is in my DNA. And had you, you said you were an English major, lots of English majors I talked to on, on this podcast, a lot of, Former journalists, um, but did you tell me about your creative writing craft? How did you build it? Did you take classes? Did you learn online? Did you just learn by doing? Because writing a novel isn't simple. I mean, it seems like you read a book and you're like, oh, and then you go to do it. It's like, wow, this yeah, it's kind of hard. Absol-
1: yeah, absolutely. Um, Well, for me, it just I just sort of did did it by doing. I mean, I still read constantly, but I read even more um, when I was a young person. I just read all the time, so I felt like. That was my training ground and I was an English major and I was, I had a creative writing um, concentration, but at that time I was writing more short stories and, um, oh, I just sat down and wrote them because I just kind of wrote, I just wrote what I sort of write what you know and I knew because I'd read a a ton of short stories and a ton of novels, so I just sort of did it that way, but I had a lot of um, encouragement early on. So I didn't take a lot of classes or anything like that because I w- I won Best Creative Writer in my high school. I got like a little check and a plaque and stuff. And then I moved on to college and I was writing. And my, one of my professors my sophomore year pulled me aside and told me she thought I was ready to write a novel at that point. Um, she really thought I was a strong writer and she loved my work and that kind of thing. So that was very early encouragement. Um, and it's like, I'm going to be good at this. you know. <laughs> but you also have that self-doubt stuff. So I was really good at violin and I was very good at writing. And then other stuff like sports and things, you know, whatever. But those were the things I was excelled at. (laughs) So I just kind of focused on music and writing. And that was what it was. But I didn't do like an MFA. I didn't do an advanced degree or anything like that. I just sort of read more books. I mean, I've read on the subway. I read on the way. I I always have a book on me at all times. And I think that was my training I The other thing I wanted to be possibly was go to film school because I love movies. And I couldn't go to film school. I didn't go to film school but I trained myself by watching all the Academy Award winning movies back to the seventies. So I'm more sort of like, I make up my own class. I make up my own master class kind of thing. I try to read, I try to, you know, read things I might not pick up otherwise, or I try to expand my knowledge from just, you know, I'm a hard knocks um, learner.
0: (laughs) Yeah. And who do you feel like as a writer influenced your own writing uh, a great deal? Um, Well, Mary Higgins Clark was an early
1: influence for sure. Cause I
0: remember picking up,
1: um, her first, it was like making her first few books and I thought these are so good. I cannot put these down. I want, if I could possibly be any a fraction of as good at this as she is, I might have right. a career. I might have a, a future. <laughs> so she was, she, and I got to right. meet her eventually. And that was great. And Sue Grafton was another one of those people that I just like really idolized and looked up to and thought this is, first of all, it's funny. I'm laughing. I'm figuring out of crime. This is what I want to do. I love this whole thing. And I just would, the new Stephanie Plum's books will come out. I would just like, I would freak out. And, um, but yeah, so
0: I just those were my idols growing up and they still are. They still are. <laughs> yeah. 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 No, it's, I mean, there's so many, I feel like we're in a golden age of in so many ways of, of crime writing and, and there's so many interesting, um, stories out there and, and great, books and authors and everything else. It's an exciting time to be having these conversations as a writer. What's the best piece and the worst piece of writing advice you've ever been given? And what's your favorite piece of writing advice to give somebody?
1: Hmm, That's a good question. Um, the best, well, the best piece, I guess the best writing it's not really been advice. It's just more of that encouragement I got. I've, I've always gotten very positive encouragement. I guess I'm, I'm just really like, like I said, I can't, you know, I can't find my way out of my own neighborhood. I can't, you know, direct give you directions or, you know, I can cook anything for you. But other than that, I don't have very many skills, but I was the ones I have, I'm pretty good at. So I just sort of, um, listen to that encouragement and, but I haven't gotten any specific writing Mm -hmm. advice that was the, that I could point to the writing advice I would give to people is to just do it and not be so worried about how good it is or, Am I supposed to be doing this? I think once you get over that hump um, and we all still deal with it all the time, once you get over that hump of, am I good enough? Should I, should, why, why am I writing a story? Like, you know, once you have to just sit down and actually do it, get something written and then put it away for a while, come back to it and start revising, read it again, share it with some friends when you're ready. Um, rewrite, rewrite, rewrite. That's the best advice I can give anyone is just go ahead and do it. Don't hold yourself back because you think you're not perfect yet, or you think you're not good enough yet. Cause there is no, good enough. Right. We're, none of us are good enough yet. <laughs> you know, we're not, I mean, until we are. Yeah. So then you get there and then you're like, Oh, you know, I yeah. did it. But it's sort of like any other thing you do. If you make a, a plate of pasta, it's, it's going to be okay. But the 10th one you make is going to be way better than that first one because you've, you've got your skills down, you practice, it becomes muscle memory. Right. So it's just all those things put together. Yeah. I don't, no one's giving me bad advice either. I get people will probably giving me bad advice, but I'm very good at not listening to people when they're talking about <laughs> i have a face that like makes you think i'm listening to what you're saying and then i'm not really listening <laughs> ask my husband he'll tell you
0: <laughs> so what's your writing process like when you you know you've written uh seven books in a series you've written several short stories um and probably have other things in 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 the works um so what it what and I realize short stories have a different process in novels, but for novels, what's, what's your process like for writing a novel?
1: Um, I'm definitely a pantser. I just am, I, I've tried not to be, and it just is that I, I find inspiration from sitting down and sort of the the adrenaline, like what's going to happen today. <laughs> so that's where I, I write, um, in the pantser method. And the, after the first book I wrote completely that way, I was all, you know, as I mentioned, I was caring for a very small little infant, And, um, whenever he would, he just did not sleep well. So whenever I was like rocking him to sleep or holding him or trying to get him to, you know, go to sleep, I would just think about the story in my head the whole time. so I would not be going insane because it is really mind numbing and very exhausting to be a new parent. Um, so I would just think of the story and then the next morning I'd wake up and he was asleep and I would just say, Oh, I I thought of the next scene. So I'll just sit and write it really quick. So that's how I did it. And that's how it worked for me. And I had no other way of doing it because I'd never done it before. So that's sort of my method. Yeah. And then the second book, I said, I'm going to be professional. Cause then I had a, then I had a contract and then I had a deadline and then I had an editor and a publisher and I thought I'm going to be a professional at this. And I made up spreadsheets and I said, I'm going to outline, and it's going to be this. And I did, I spent like two weeks on that to get myself organized and then immediately deviated from my outline. And then I was so mad at myself because <laughs> I just burned two weeks of writing time really. But I mean, I used some of it. It wasn't a total waste, but it just didn't work for me. It made me feel a little constrained which I didn't like. And I, I liked some of the ideas, mm-hmm. the outline, I just didn't want to follow the pattern of it. So I just, um, that was a lesson I learned, but I had to teach it to myself. And then I, from then on, I just sort of pantsed it. It's sort of like a hybrid. Cause I, like I said, I do plan out the night before I think about what I'm going to write. I might jot notes down and stuff. And then I will sit down and I won't be sitting down thinking what's going to happen. Cause I sort of know, you know, but then, you know, you surprise yourself sometimes too.
0: Yeah. I mean, I think a lot of people end up, um, hybrids. Uh, but when you're busy and you're a very busy person, you know, I always marvel at panthers who can keep their book in their brain. Um, and, and it, because that's a lot to manage is okay. So where are we and what's going on? That's a lot of information to hold in your brain. Well,
1: if I have, For some reason, my, I have this weird brain where, cause I remember conversations word for word from like the eighties <laughs> that I've had. people, And I remember movie plot lines and I remember <laughs> Songs like you know, encyclopedic knowledge of like lyrics and things, wow. but I won't, I can't remember. You know, people, my best friend, I'm still good friends with my best friend from high school, and she's like, Oh, you remember so and so? I'm like, I don't remember any of these people, I don't remember anybody. If it's not relevant to me, I'm like, I don't have it, you know. And I'll see people and I see that look on their face, like they know me, I'm like, Oh crap, I don't know who that is. Um, from the past, and uh, you know, my like current friends, I obviously know who they are but i think it's just cuz your brain is switched on to certain it's it must be something i'm not a, i'm not mm-hmm. a real doctor i'm just pretending to, to know what i'm talking about but there's something <laughs> in the brain that happens when you can latch on to certain things and so those things just are my mom used to say, say i had a sherlockian mm-hmm. brain or something like that like i just lose things if they're not relevant if it's not if it's not a clue working on the current case i don't have it anymore so yeah
0: yeah the story sticks <laughs> so if it's yeah, the, the story sticks the story sticks yeah wow <laughs> Um, and seven books in that series is, are, are you still, you know, working, do you like writing a series? Are you still working on that series? Do you think about writing another, cause that, that's a virgin cozy, right? Traditional mm-hmm. cozy. Um, you know, tell me about that, about, you know, where you are in your writing journey.
1: Yeah. I loved, um, the red carpet catering books, the Penelope series. I love those books and they're, I'm really pleased with all of them and they have a very happy home. Um. But that series has is on hiatus slash might not continue ever, um, which is good. It actually ended on a very good, in a good place for the characters. They're off. Yeah, so It's a potential writing off in a sunset moment, so it's all good. Um, but I am working on a new series. I have a new agent. It's so working on a new series. She's encouraged me to work on a new series, which I am. And I've got halfway through the first book. And I'm also working on a couple of um, domestic suspense standalones. So when I signed with her, I'm like, well, I have all these things. Which one do you want what, what do you want to work on? She's like, let's look on the series first. So we're working, we're working on that, which I can't talk about it too much. Cause we're, it's still in, in process, but, um, it's exciting to, to, to be working on new things and to, yeah. be, you know, I've had, the, I've been constantly publishing and writing short stories in the, in the time it took to finish that series, which ended in 2020. Mm-hmm. But, um, yeah, it's time to get back on the novel, um, novel Jack. I mean, like I said, I got, got all these ones started, but she's, she's, giving me some direction so we'll see but hopefully I'll have some news on that soon
0: yeah which is great I mean to to because your agent is your business partner mm-hmm. and to have somebody who's helping you shape your career and figure that stuff out is such a great thing yeah yeah, yeah she's great yeah. and standalones and series I mean they're some same skill sets say that fast three times Um, but some different do you have a preference for one or the other or in your ideal world would you like go series and standalone and series and standalone or
1: yeah probably i mean know? i do like the idea of both i mean it is nice to have a series because you know it's it's like visiting old friends and it's like putting on your your favorite writing sweater it's like okay i know the house yeah. i live in i know the town they live in so this book i'm going to create a, a bakery that's like going to be a new business but i I can see yeah. in my head where they live and all that stuff so that's the easy part the challenging part is to make it fresh every time for the because you don't want it to be the same book every time so gonna make right. it a little challenge you know you have to challenge yourself to make it a little different right. but so that's the fun part about a series and you really the characters for me the characters grow through i mean with your books the characters grow throughout the books yeah. and they they evolve and that's it's wonderful as a reader to watch that happen um unless you <laughs> have your yeah. character just be the same age all the time as some people we know do that the people we've already mentioned <laughs> but um yeah so that is fun about a series The i think a standalone is is exciting and fun too because you have to get all of that crammed and that has to be one global universe yeah. and that has to be it and then you're done and, and yeah. it came like oh and then this other thing happened to them like nope you're done <laughs> it's yeah like, here's the story yeah. so it's really for me it's like a short story on steroids <laughs> standalone really because um, it's yeah. one idea one beginning middle and end one story hopefully it's a story that people really let, you know resonates with them um, and yeah that's the that's the the main difference but I don't see why. I would limit myself to one of the other, those delights.
0: (laughs) Yeah. No, nor do I. Yeah. It's like, I like, you know,
1: buffets. I like picking, you know, I like to pick around, so I'll just, I'll do both until they tell me I can't.
0: (laughs) Well, you always strike me as somebody who, if they tell you you can't, you'll just ask somebody else. (laughs) Well, thank you for your opinion. I'm moving on now. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. Um, so in this world of, of, crime fiction you wear a couple of other hats as well and one of them is you're an editor you're an editor at level best books um which is a small press uh with how many authors do you have now um we have 100 100 yeah we're north of 100 yeah yeah Mm -hmm. and how many books are you publishing a year um well it's funny because we took it
1: over about six years ago seven years ago now and um we start out we had when we decided to do novels, we did a few anthologies and then we decided to do novels. I think we did four that first year. We are like, oh, our four books, like, yay, like one a quarter. Um, and then the next year, I think we did 12. And that was really, that was a big stretch and exciting. But the thing was, you know, all of us, all of my two partners and I have been around for so long. We have all these friends and people have heard of us. And they're like, oh, I want, I want, I want to be with level, you know? So it's like, well, we can't say no to so-and-so because, you know, we've known them forever. And it's a good book. So well, that's how it's sort of built really fast because we don't want to turn anyone away because we're you know right. we turning people away obviously because we have to and it's just not a fit for us or whatever it is. But there's we're getting so many good things, it's hard to say no to things that are great that we really want to do. So we just just building up our staff. So now we have a staff of people working with us, which is great. Um, very, very helpful <laughs> to have a staff. So now we're doing a lot more than that. I think this year we're going to, we are up to 40 releases this year. So it's a lot. Yeah, we're doing a lot of books. Um, yeah, like there's, like I said, there's three main partners that are editors in there. We have sub editors that work under me. And then we have a, like a person that works completely on production. We have an intern that works completely on businessy stuff, like admin stuff. And then we have, um, um, a person that just works as sort of my assistant, which is great. So yeah, we're, we have good, uh, it's building up. It's good. It's blow. That was our pandemic project. Let's just blow it up. Let's make the level best blow up. (laughs) So we did
0: and tell me about level best. I mean, I know, uh, you know, a lot of authors in the, in the, uh, level best world, but what's your, you know, what's your sort of mission or, or the way you would define the books that you publish?
1: Um, well, we, we always say we publish quality crime fiction and, um, but we publish other stuff as well, but we do our focus is quality crime fiction. Um, and the three of us, you know, Harriet Sackler is one of my, uh, partners, and she was the grants chair for Malice. She is the grants chair for Malice for many, many years. And that job, she reads manuscripts, and she would always comment because I'm reading so many great manuscripts, and they're not, you know, they're not getting published. So she sees the raw material yeah. coming in just from her job at Malice. And then, I mean, I'm obviously aware of it too because I'm asked to blurb and consult on manuscripts sometimes. And I'm like, these are really good. There's some really great work out there, and it's really tough to get an agent, a, mm-hmm. b, you know, a large publishing house to pay attention to you, or your agent, or whatever. So we just thought that it was a great time for us to fill that niche. And we want quality crime fiction from interesting voices that maybe aren't finding a home anywhere else.
0: Yeah, because you have historicals, but you have traditionals. You have, uh, I don't know if you have cozies per se. Do you have cozies? Yes, yeah, yep. Yeah. Um mm-hmm. But it's sort of, it's a interesting and eclectic um, mix of authors and of books. And some authors write a couple of different series for you. But, um, you know, I've spoken to a couple of the authors on this podcast and who talk about the calls you do and the way you support. I mean, as part of what you're doing, you may be launching somebody's career who will go on to another publishing house or, or do something else. And is that part of what you want? Is that you're sort of helping people get noticed and found oh, yeah. as well. Absolutely. And I tell them all, like, I'm not holding you back. You know, if
1: you get, <laughs> you get a great deal, you know, you want, you want to expand out and do other things. It's only going to make us all, you know, a rising tide lifts all boats is my, always, always my motto. Um, but yeah, we, I wanted it to be, we, we wanted it to be um, a more collaborative sort of publishing. I mean, I've been published by small mm-hmm. house. And we wanted it to be where they could come to come to us at any time. And then we got so many people we're like, now they're all coming to us all the time. <laughs> so we decided to put every six weeks we do a Zoom. And everyone, it's not mandatory, but everyone can come if they want to. And then we yeah. we show up and then if they have any questions. And it's actually a really cool thing because they've um in turn found friends each, with each other and then gone off and done projects yeah. together. And they've um paired off and done events and different things. So um and they you know a lot of times sharing marketing ideas or what, what questions do you have about Amazon today? I will try to answer them. Amazon is its own thing. I don't know they're doing half the time, And it's probably changed. Yeah. Yeah. So just, but it's, I wanted it, we wanted it to be more of a, um, not like we're up here in this high echelon. You can't talk to us kind of thing. We, I wanted it to be more of like a, how can we help you be as successful as you can be on your career? Um, we have people re-upping yeah. their contracts all the time. Um, I've had people start crying when I've told them I wanted to publish their book. I mean, it's, you know, I realize the position I'm in and I want, um, that to, you know, it's, it's, I've, I, I realize how important it is to impact someone's career in any kind of way. So I really want to handle them with a the gentle care and kindness and help them be successful. And that's what our goal is. And I think it's working
0: so far. So, um, a couple of conversations I've been having with people have also been sort of um, recommendations for how how a writer can navigate talking. So, you you do have your writer's hat, and you know we want to keep talking about that. But as a publisher and as an editor, what are the some tips for, that people shouldn't do? <laughs> <laughs> you know, when <laughs> approaching you, I mean, you know, we can all learn how to query. You can go into Sisters in Crime archives if you're a member, and you can, you can watch some fabulous videos to teach you how to query. And there's lots of articles online, and and you know, that's an art unto itself. And, and certainly, if you have uh, any any recommendations, but I think what's one thing we don't talk about is the human interaction when you're, when you're creating a business partnership with an agent or an editor, um, and how a misstep can screw you up. Yes. <laughs> and sometimes people make those missteps and, and how can we help them avoid them? Um,
1: that's a good question. <laughs> that's a complex, interesting question. The, you know, the one thing you don't want to do is come up. And I think and this is just standard for everybody in the world, but when you send an email, sometimes you don't you don't realize how your email is coming across to somebody else. I always make sure I'm extra, hi Julie, how are you how are you doing? I hope you're having a good day. <laughs> you know, because if I have to give you bad news, especially, I might put something in, and if you're just reading one line, you'd be like, Oh, Sean just Sean just told me off in an email, you know, and I don't really mean to tell you off in an email, you know what I mean? Like there's ways to of communicate. Yeah. I think working on your communication is the best thing. There are ways of expressing frustration possibly, or I'm confused about something that's going on um with your publisher, your agent or whatever. You can send a terse email and that person's gonna get their hackles up and then maybe possibly come back and it won't be a pleasant experience for you. Or you could say, I just had a question about this. Can you clarify it for me? I mean there's ways of communicating. I think if everyone focused on kindness and, and communication, um, the world would be a better place. <laughs> so um yeah. we talk about this yeah. quite often at work. But yeah, it's um I think that's it. And I think just being respectful of people. And it's funny that you mentioned human interaction, which isn't something we're really good at anymore. <laughs> it seems like I know. we're having a hard time um, being back in society. Some, And sometimes, I mean, I am doing okay, but um, I think just, I think we need to all in our minds before we start speaking to someone else, just realize you do not know what that person is going through that day. We've all been through a collective trauma in one way or another, you have no idea what that person has lost in this last few right. years, or might lose, or maybe they just had a crappy day. Maybe their dog is sick. Like, there's just ways. There's, I think, approaching approaching yeah. another person with a, you don't know what they're going through today. So let's just be let's be cool. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think that's that. Yeah. If everyone did that, there would be no problems. I should just run the world. <laughs> that'll be. I'll just take over.
0: <laughs> well, I mean, every and everybody has a bad day, right? I mean, we all do, but I do think that. Um, Remembering that it's human beings and that these decisions, if if somebody turns your book down, it doesn't mean it's a bad book. It means it doesn't fit what they need at that time mm-hmm. in their calendar. And, then, you know, if you're putting out 40 books a year, that sounds like a lot. And it is a lot. Mm-hmm. But you could probably put out a thousand books and have enough you have plenty of people to choose from it's you still got to make decisions on what's going to fit best in your publishing calendar and so you've got to you've got to say no to some projects yeah and it's just and that's just yeah
1: yeah it's just the way it is and as you said it's no it's no indication of the of the quality most times it's not it's just that it doesn't fit on the calendar um maybe we have someone doing exactly the same thing you know you don't want to have competition and that's really true of like the larger houses because i just spent a weekend down And I was on every panel with a a editor from Minotaur. And she mentioned, she goes, yeah, she's tried to get books. She's championed books. And they've said, nope, we had a, you know, a book about with a cat in it last year that didn't do well. So no for this one. And she's like, it doesn't always. and And then they'll say the upper people will say, well, try us again in six months kind of thing. So it's not necessarily that you wrote a bad
0: cat book. It's just that they, it's a business decision most of the time. Yeah. Yeah. Most of the time. Yeah. And they and they make business decisions. The bigger houses make them based on six months ago data. Mm-hmm. So <laughs> exactly. it may not even, you know, it's, it's hard. Yeah. Um, how, how do you, do you enjoy, were you wearing your editor's hat at um Soothfest? Yeah. I, do you enjoy that? Yeah, it
1: was fun. I got to go, um, I was on the editor agent round table panels um, and then I uh, did pitches. I sat and did pitches most of the two days that we were there. And then we did a session on really good query letters and synopses, so that people sent anonymously sent in their samples, and then we as a group critiqued people's letters as they were sitting in front of us. I was like, "Well, that, those hardy souls that decided to submit them, so we could." And privately, we had—I didn't have anything bad to say about it, most of them, but um, there were a few people. I'm like, "Well, you know, you need to know what a, the structure of a letter is first. For, and that's in the basic—the basic, the basic yeah. gist of that was like why shoot yourself in the foot, do your homework, figure out what people are looking for. Don't go out. Don't, you know, be creative at this moment in your life. Just write a standard letter that we can all understand basically, you know? So that was uh, it was really fun. I had a great time. Um, It was really well organized. I have to give a shout, right. Raquel Reyes and uh, Alan Orloff and her team, there were other people and I can't, their names are not coming to me, but they had, they did a great job organizing. It was a lot of fun. And it was cool to see people again. It was cool.
0: Yeah. yeah, that's got a great reputation, too, for being uh, for being a good pitching, you know, sort of. It's And for writers, if you can go to a conference where you can pitch somebody, go and pitch. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. It's unbelievably um, helpful to do that, even if you're a wreck and you feel like throwing up. I mean, people want you to succeed, right? You must, like, when somebody sits across from you, you want them, you want to be wowed by what they're telling you. Absolutely, yep. Yeah and it's,
1: it's, been, it's a lot of, I've done, I've been the the pitcher and I've been the pitchy <laughs> and it's, it's good to um, practice that. I think before you get to the event too, I think you should practice your pitch, you know, whatever ideas you have yeah and uh, get yourself together and, you know, just sort of, you don't want to be like robotic and know it by heart, but someone should walk up to you at a convention and say, what's your book about? And you should be able to rattle off, you know, 15 yep. lines of what your book's about yep. and that's your pitch basically. Yep. And, yep. um, but it's yep. it's really fun to see uh, and I was commenting to um the organizers said there's so many good stories out there, and it's hard to choose, you know, because there's so many good stories. So I actually asked most people to send me their manuscripts so I could read them, and we'll follow up from there, so that'll be that'll be fun. but yeah, it's it is a really good exercise to get sit through a pitch session
0: um and I just think it's fascinating that you are wearing those two hats, you know, editor, publisher, and writer, but you also have a third hat that you wear. And that's as uh, one of the conference organizers for Malice Domestic, which is one of the um, conferences, you know, the, the crime writing conferences that are sort of standard in the calendar mm-hmm. um, and becoming standard again. I mean, these last two years have been so tough. And I know so they've been so tough on conference committees because, you know, trying to renegotiate hotels and, I mean, just figure out what's going on has been really challenging. Um, And you've been doing malice for a long time, Mm -hmm. over 20 years. Did that? Yeah. So that predated you writing that predated all of this. Mm -hmm. What, what got you involved with malice? Um, Malice. I always
1: tell the story. I I didn't have any friends because I had just moved back from, (laughs) I lived in New York for almost 10 years right after college. And I hadn't lived in Maryland very long before I went to college at university of Maryland. Um, I only went to like a year and a half or two years of high school here. Um, it wasn't even two years. So I had a few, like few, very slight, very small amount of friends from high school. Yeah. Not like one, I had like one friend. I still have her. She's the one friend I have. So when she asked me who people are, I'm like, I still, obviously I don't know who they are. And then I did the four years <laughs> of Maryland and then I went to New York. So I had, I came back to this area and I didn't know anyone. And I saw a flyer for Malice. I think it was in a library in Frederick. Um, and I said, Oh, that looks like something I would like to do. And it's like, I love books. I love mysteries. I love, it's right down the street, essentially. Like, I'll just go to that. Um, so I went and I didn't know anybody. I know zero people. <laughs> and I just went and sat there and was going to panels. And i um, just so excited. I got some free books on my bag. And you know, I'm just like such a noob, you know. And then I'm sitting there and <laughs> I had my name tag on and I wasn't married. I only was Sean Riley back then. And uh, Anne Murphy, who's our volunteer chair, who's been with Malice since the inception of Malice. She's been there for 35 years. Wow. She's been there forever. She turned around and she said, oh, who are you? Because <laughs> she knows everybody. That's, she's like, why are you here? Did you sneak in? I said, no, I'm registered. Um, no, she didn't say I was named, which I'm just joking. She would never say that. <laughs> but she said, your last name is my maiden name. I'm a Riley too. And you spell it the right way. And I said, oh, well, thank you. Um, so we just started chatting. And she just wanted to know, like, why, you know, why is this young random person here? <laughs> and I just told her, you know, well, I don't have any friends. I'm trying to make some friends. And so she said, well, um, I don't know. I, I just talked to everybody. You know how I am. So I just, uh, eventually the conversation turned around to, well, our PR chair is leaving and, um, sounds like you have a PR background. So would that be something of interest to you? And I'm like, sure, why not? I don't know anybody. Sure. I'll just sign up. So I signed up and I was terrified to go to the first meeting. I'm like, these people, they know everything about mysteries. They're going to ask me a bunch of stuff. Yeah. I'm not going to know anything. I'm going to look like an idiot. So I sat there and like, I basically didn't speak for like the first three or four meetings. <laughs> I just sat there and stared at everybody. And then they would it would come to my turn for my report and my heart would start racing like I was so nervous, you know, and speaking back on that was so is so funny because as you know, you know, I don't do that anymore. But um, that's how it started. So and t- here I am 21, 20, 21 years later. I'm still I'm still there. They never got rid of me. So I moved from PR. I just was sitting on press releases at that point. And I started doing registrations and started doing other stuff and I'm just around. I'm just I'm just still there. So that's how I got my
0: my start really. And you know, going to conferences, um, I think one of the good things to come out of the pandemic, and you know, it's a not a sentence you can use that often, but it are, are the hybrid options and and that we've sort of been exploring online and ways to have, have conversations, which I think are fascinating. But there's nothing quite like meeting people mm-hmm. and being able to have those conversations. And and I know that the crime writing community is a pretty close community, and we miss those opportunities. But going to a conference, even when you're not when you're where you were, where it's like maybe even a glimmer of a hope of a dream is how you build your community. And and um, Malice is a, is a place that many of us have our community in, and we've met people. Um, tell me about that, building community and what that's meant to you.
1: Yeah, it's funny when you, when you said that, it just reminded me because when my first book came out, um, so many people came up and said, you don't have a book out yet? <laughs> they, had known me, they had known me for so long. As Malice, yeah. you know, and I'm like, no, I was just a fan before now. Um, so that, like, I didn't have to, that was already in place. You know, hundreds of people knew yeah. who I was and they were just, they were shocked that I hadn't written a book yet or whatever. So that was, that was really funny to me. I'm like, I should have done this years ago. So, um, but yeah, but I think, as you say, the in person networking is, is wonderful. To me, Malice is like a family. I love seeing everyone come through every year. And every year we have about 30% new registrants. So we have brand new people yeah. coming. And I remember, I remember the first time Louise Penny came in and came up to my desk. I remember the first time Gigi Pandian came to my desk. Like I, you know, it's so fun to see like I've said hello to these people and then I've developed friendships with them and then I've seen them skyrocket and take off. And that's wonderful. And that's what's really awesome about it, because it's sort of like we're always here. Everyone come and see us. And then we're gonna be cheering you on all year long for however well you're doing with everything you're doing. And um, that's the most important thing for me. But that's what the mouse community is. Um, in my that's what it always should be. It should be welcoming and promoting each other and helping each other succeed. It is a fan convention. It's not a writer convention. It's, it's, we love our fans. They're the ones that come and support all of y'all, all all of us. And um, so, and they're, they come with their credit cards out and their arms stacked up with books when they leave. And they're just excited to meet new authors. And it's, it's just, it's always given me a very warm um, feeling to be there. And, And I'm just really proud to be part of it.
0: It's another part of the publishing journey that uh, you can't underestimate is is that going and meeting with people. And I've helped plan smaller conferences, but it is so much work. <laughs> I mean, all of these volunteer conference folks have been going through it. I do know that everyone's also really trying to make sure they're thinking about diversity and inclusivity and, and, you know, codes of conduct and things. So if there's a lot going on right now that we need to meet this moment and things are adapting and changing. And I think that that's also important.
1: Absolutely. Yeah. And the one, um, benefit that we have, um, going year to year to year, pretty much in the same spot and the same board, you know, we do have new people come in, in and out, but the same core members we learn from year to, and I, I always have such admiration for people that go, I'm going to put on a conference. I don't care what size it is. <laughs> it's a lot of work. And they're figuring stuff out that, I mean, I know there's, you know, man- manuals that, you know, Vatricon and different ones have that sort of like, this is the SOP this is what we're going to do but we sort of, I've, you know, I've got a lot of experience and I can almost tell what some people are going to tell me before I even open their email up, you know, that's how long I've been doing it. So yeah, that is nice to have the muscle memory of, okay, this is how this is going to go. And I, I know that we're going to have an uptick in registrations right after BoucherCon because everyone thinks about us again after that's over. Cause pretty much we we go pretty quiet in the summer because no one's thinking about us then. And but then we start getting real busy again. And I know this, I call it my malice fiscal year. <laughs> I get real busy, yeah. certain peaks and valleys of the year. Um, It's just like a second nature to me. And but yeah, absolutely. But it's nice and and I like that we are constantly aware of being better each time. So what can we do this year to be better than we were last year and you know, how right. can we be more inclusive and how, you know, what we listen right. and we always send out a um um evaluation and we ask for people's opinions and different things and we listen. We we sit and read them all and we talk about them. We don't just throw them in the trash. Like we we actually have a whole meeting about what everyone said and um and we take it very seriously. So yeah, I think it's It's, but it's also, I'm very, very impressed with people that can put on a (laughs) voucher. I haven't done one before, you know, it's like, that was my first time and I was just like panicked and running around and, you know, so yeah.
0: Yeah, no, voucher con is, is a beast too. I mean, and it goes from city to city every year. Yeah. So with your many hats, um, in publishing, what what surprised you the most, both as a writer or, you know, in your your publishing hat? I mean, or it you know, what do you wish you'd known sooner or understood sooner? Hmm. I think well I I'll answer
1: I'll answer it in a positive way first. Um what surprised me the most because I'd worked in um maybe because I worked in corporate sales in Manhattan, I used to used to kind of cutthroat sort of <laughs> industries where people were not we're all nice to you if you stepped on their territory or tried to take their client or whatever. Um, the mystery writing world is very open-arm welcoming for the, for the most part. Um, it does feel to me like a big family that I am just honored to be a member of. So that is was very surprising. <laughs> Only because I had come from such a different world where, yeah, people weren't that nice. Um, so that was really great. <laughs> wish, I'd knew, wish I'd known earlier. Hmm, I can't really say because I... I, de- I do tend to live life where I don't really focus on. I should have done that. I should have done this because I feel like if I do that, that wouldn't be where I am here. So it's like, yeah, I could have, you know, stayed in New York another couple of years, but then I wouldn't have been here. You know what I mean? So I try not to ever really do that. So I don't can't really think of anything. <laughs> can't really think of anything I would change at all, only because my brain doesn't function that way. I'm too. I'm too uh, sunshiny in the other direction. It's not a really great but answer, <laughs>
0: No, it's a good answer. But when you went to your first Malice 20 years ago, you went as a fan Mm -hmm. and you got involved, Mm -hmm. which two great things to do. Did you know then you wanted to be a mystery writer?
1: Yeah, it was always the thing I wanted to be. And I thought, well, what other better way of getting to be that than to hang around with a bunch of them, you know, be be friends with all of them and then, you know, learn from them. So that was my, uh, that was the, yeah, that's definitely what I came into it for. Um, I wouldn't have been as probably enthused at a, you know, Western writing. Um, not that I have anything against Western writing authors or whatever. It's just not my passion. So yeah, I definitely, it's like, I found my, my family and I'm like, I'm just going to get in here and I'm going to hang out with them. And eventually they'll just think I'm one of them. (laughs) They'll just accept me as part of the crowd. (laughs) I'll just hang, I'll just make them dinner or something. And then they'll just let, they'll invite me to their their (laughs) stuff. I'll just keep getting invited back. So yeah, I just familiarize, I make myself overly familiar with everyone and then they let me stay. No, Um, but yeah, I was very encouraged when I started writing. I went, I think I told Dana Cameron at the banquet one year, I said, y'all, I'm going to, maybe it was the year I was pregnant. I said, I'm going to write a book this, you know, when my baby is born. She's like, let me know how that goes. I want to, if you need any help, you know, if you want me to read it, whatever. Like I was like, you're Dana Cameron. What are you talking? You're busy. But it was just that kind of vibe. So it was always, no one ever said, oh, I don't think you should do that or. Why would you write a book? I've never had that. I've always had very positive encouragement. Um, Yeah, yeah, that's, I definitely, why would I ever leave that? Why would I ever leave Malice? Why would I, I, it'd be like leaving my family again. You know, I'm not doing that. (laughs) I don't need to leave this nest. They're not kicking me out.
0: (laughs) Well, and Dana Cameron is somebody who um, I met at my first Malice and she told me, you know, you need to join Sisters in Crime. So she's, and that was, about 20 years ago. So she's, she's, she's a good person in the community for sure. (laughs) Yeah. She's very upbeat and very like supportive and positive. She's awesome. Yeah. 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 And also writes in so many different genres. She's got a very interesting career. Absolutely. Um, Yeah. Yeah. So what are you looking forward to as far as the changes as we're all getting back to being in person and level best is taking off and you're working on these new projects Um, what are you excited about? Well, I'm I'm excited about,
1: um, I mean, I'm, things are going really well. So work-wise things are going really well. I'm excited about getting back to Malice next year. I wasn't able to go this year, um, for health reasons. So I'm I'm excited to be at Malice 35, which will be, it's a big deal for us. It's 35s, you know, the fives and zeros are always big. So that'll be yeah.
0: Sisters in Crime is thirty five this I, year. I mean, it's a big deal. Right? It's cool, right?
1: It's so cool oh. that we we're like we're like siblings. We're born at the same time. Oh. Um, Yeah. So that I'm really excited about that and just being there because I it was really hard for me not to be there and I sat out on my back patio and yeah. um, and cried that I wasn't there. <laughs> so, but not every not every yeah. minute. But I was like no. And then I would get video calls and phone calls and you know text messages. It was nonstop. Matt's like it's almost like you're there. I'm like I know. So that was uh, that was cool. Um, I'm looking forward to further expanding and growing Level Best into a powerhouse. Which you know we're getting there. It's it's doing really well. We're getting recognition from Publishers Weekly. We're you know expanding into we have a we sold a bunch of audio rights uh, for our books recently. We've branched out into mass market paperbacks for a couple of our authors too. Made deals for them. We have an agent that's working on our behalf, um, making all these deals for us. So That's really exciting. Um, so I have that, you know, I'm business lady midday, <laughs> like answering people's questions. Like, oh, should we do this? Yeah, I think we should do that. Um, I write first thing in the morning, early in the morning. So I try and compartmentalize my life. So I write first thing in the morning like yeah. I used to when Russell was little. I write until when everyone else is asleep and I can get those words out because nine o'clock, bing, 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 bing. It starts happening. But I'm excited about those two things and my own work, my own writing. Um, and I'm, I'm excited yeah. about seeing you again, potentially. I haven't seen you in like three yeah. years, you know, I haven't seen people. I know in 3d. Yeah. yeah. So it'll be cool to yeah. get, just be out back out in the world. And hopefully my own health situation will be fully resolved soon by the fall. I hope Yeah. and just be, uh, be yeah. a normal person again. I had, you know, saying to yeah. my doctor, my oncologist, I said, um, you know, we, we've had these, we have these deep conversations and she said, you know, uh, how how do you feel about life? You know, how do you feel about life? <laughs> Like you like, are you supposed to be asking me that? You're not my psychiatrist. I said, <laughs> um, I actually have, I'm that person that has that life they want to get back to. Like, I love my life. I, my life was pretty set up, pretty, pretty awesome. So I, I want to get right back to it. I want my hair the same. I want all that stuff to be the same. So she was laughing at me. She's like, that's good. She goes, not everyone says that. And um, I, have, I yeah. have friends on the other side of um, serious illness that are decided they're just going to change everything because they didn't like what they were before. Yeah. And this is a fresh start for them. So I'm, you know, I'm obviously going to change some things, but um, I'm just going to be more positive, you know, conscious of what goes in my body, which I always was really, uh, really was, but I'm going to be extra. I'm going to take a note out of Gigi Pandian's um, note. We 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 do correspond because she's a survivor as well of cancer. So we, she, we talk about her diet and things, but, you know, cause I'm a foodie. Um, but um, yeah, I'm excited about getting back to a normal life without um, hospital visits, but that'll be soon. Yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, uh i i i know that everyone is hoping the same thing for you and can't wait to see you in 3d and uh you know wishing you well with your books and your you know your writing because i know when you talk about that that lights you up too like you yeah oh, yeah, yeah it, there's
1: it's like my yeah. my my other children besides my main child but I have my other children, my other little children are waiting for me to pay attention to them again so and you get i don't know about you i'm sure you feel the same way but because you you also wear a lot of hats. I mean, you don't wear, you know, qu- quite as many. You wear bigger hats than me. <laughs> you have bigger hats. Your hats are huge. My hats are little. Um, you, you're a very important person in our community. And, you know, when you get away from the writing for too long, do you start feeling like a little itchy Jonesy, like a, oh, yeah. like a,
0: yeah. a writing- guilty
1: feeling, like a guilty, like, ah, oh, I didn't do that today.
0: Well, Yeah. And because writing is the joy, the publishing stuff is great and it's, it's a privilege and you know, all that, but it's the writing that's the joy. It's the figuring out characters and having a story just kind of pop into your brain and go, oh, that's interesting. That would be an interesting story. Um, so yeah, I definitely, uh, I think making room for writing, uh, even though it's hard sometimes and sometimes it's hard to make yourself sit down, but it's such a gift to yourself. Even if it's 25 minutes a day, it's just like, give yourself that gift of being a writer for 25 minutes a day, yeah. you know, yeah, it's more than a lot yeah. of people get.
1: So, and, you know, it's good yeah. to do it, yeah. get that routine going yeah. and it, it it just flows. It just starts to flow.
0: Yeah. Yeah, it sure mm. does. Well, thank you for a wonderful conversation and for, um, uh, I love your sunshine optimism and, uh, your positivity and it's contagious and, uh, we're all sending it back to you as well, Sean, and can't wait to see you at Malice the 35th of, um, Malice, which will be in April or May next
1: year. Oh my gosh. I think it's.
0: I think it's May. I think we're back in May, but I know it's always yeah, yeah. It's the first week in the end of April yeah. or early May. Yeah. And it's in Bethesda, Maryland, and it's for traditional and cozy uh, um, mysteries. But, you know, people from all genres <laughs> to go and, and you know, and it is a fan conference and, and the fans are, are there. And so um, that's a lot of fun as well. Mm-hmm. Um, but we we will all see you then um, and online before then. And uh, thank you so much. Well, thank you. It was so really nice to chat with you.
1: And I've known you for so long. And I'm just so, you know, honored to be your friend. And I'm proud of you for wearing all your big hats. You're doing great. (laughs) Thank you.
0: Thank you very much. Thank you for being with us today. Sisters in Crime is about community.